to PackSafe's Legal Departments of the Future podcast. I'm PackSafe founder and CEO, Brian Powers. In this podcast, I sat down with Liz Benegas, the General Counsel of NetDocuments, where we talk about her approach to building the first legal team at a company that's been around for two decades and her unique perspective on legal tech as General Counsel at a legal tech company. All right, welcome to our latest podcast, Legal Departments of the Future. Today, I'm joined by Liz Benegas, the General Counsel at NetDocuments. Thanks for joining me today, Liz. Thanks for having me, Brian. Let's dive right in, talk a little bit about, about your background. I graduated from Penn State Law School with my JD in 2003, um, and I began practicing in Delaware. <clears throat> I was, uh, I was a corporate attorney, so most of my work was advisory and litigation matters involving business organizations and their boards of directors, um, relating to issues of corporate control and, and governance, usually. Um, so it was a pretty narrow practice area, and I did that for five years. And then I took a break and went back to the same firm a few years later as its manager of professional development. In that role, I worked as, as the liaison between the, the firm's executive team, the management team, and the lawyers, which was <laughs> an experience um, and a really interesting crash course in law firm as a business, uh, which isn't something that you see a lot of as a law firm associate. Yeah. So I moved to Utah about five years ago, um, and shortly thereafter, I went in-house. Um, with a company called Dealer Socket, and then I joined Net Documents uh, in 2018 as the company's first in-house attorney in in its almost two-decade history. What was the transition for you from uh, law firm life to in-house like? The transition, you know, it came about mainly because after so many years of not billing hours. <laughs> I had a really hard time figuring out how to go back to that lifestyle. But also, as I moved from Delaware to Utah, I wasn't barred here. Um, I did eventually sit for the bar exam in Utah. But I wasn't, um, you know, it's not super attractive to a firm to have, a, have a, someone senior who, isn't, who is not barred, sort of not super effective. And I think combined with the fact that Utah has a really unique tech scene and a lot of startup companies, that area of the law is super attractive to me. And so that inspired me to look around for an in-house role, which was, which was difficult um, to find, to be honest, but really glad I made that leap and I, I wouldn't go back. Yeah, I think uh, that's something that, that I hear quite a bit. Once there you are find other the, reasons besides the billing hours, but billing hours was, is the impetus in a lot of in a lot of cases. I feel, but um, there are a lot of benefits to being in house that I that I didn't experience at firm life. Yeah, definitely. So, first in house lawyer in the two decade history of Net Documents. That's pretty interesting. What brought that about for them? Well, the company, I mean, there has been a lot of growth in the legal technology sector in the, in the last decade, and NetDocuments has been, has been part of that. Prior to joining the company, they had a contract manager on board, so she did a lot of the, you know, the customer-facing contracts, the NDAs, a lot of the work that people typically associate with, with counsel, right? That's, 
why a lot of companies end up bringing counsel on because they can't handle the, the volume of contracts on their own. In NetDocuments case, though, so she retired, that, that contract manager retired, and they, they looked to bring on someone as her replacement. So the thought was, we have a lot of contracts, but I don't think that either the company or, or I realized quite what would be involved in building a legal function where there hadn't been one for that period of time. So it's been, it's been quite an adventure. So first lawyer in the history of net documents. What does the legal department uh, own in net documents? What's the, what's your day to day look like there? I wish I could give you a, I wish I could give you a good answer to that, but uh, every day is different, really. Um, legal at net documents owns a lot of things. When I started in, in 2018, there were really no expectations for legal or the legal team beyond the obvious, which is, of course, contracts which tends to be the, the low-hanging fruit for legal departments because they generate revenue and that's how we most obviously fit into to the business. So I really had this blank canvas when I started, um, which is an exhilarating and terrifying opportunity to design what I think is the ideal legal function. So I'm, I'm super lucky to have had the support of NetDocuments and my colleagues who have been more than willing to, to give me the reins and tell me to make it great and give me a lot of freedom to, to design things the way I think they should be, which is, which is where we are today. I mean, I'd like to say that I have built this awesome legal function, but it's still very much a work in progress, as I think probably most jobs are. But, but I've had this really unique um, chance to build something from the ground up. Um, and, and have a lot of ownership in it. That's a theme that I've heard quite a bit over, over recording this, uh, these podcasts with people that have found success by being empowered by, you know, their executive leadership teams to build out these legal departments in their own vision. Um, so that's great. Uh, it sounds like it's going well. So the legal department is still a uh, team of one at the moment. It is a team of one at the moment. Um, in four days, it will be a team of two, about which I'm very excited. That's um, exciting. Yeah, it's, it's exciting um, after having been. I, I had an associate for a short time in 2019, but I am excited to, to bring someone else on and, and start um, having a sounding board and, and someone to help me, <laughs> you know, not just with the day-to-day -day work, but but am I crazy or is this the wrong yeah. thing? Um, <laughs> so, you know, company, if you will. Um, I look forward to having, having somebody. That's great. So I'm actually uh, a team and not a team of one. There you go. So I assume things will change quite a bit once you uh, become a team of two. But uh, in the past, what, what have been some of the challenges that, um, that you've faced there? Is, is a team of one? I would say the biggest challenge I've faced is not having the, the collaboration of, you know, not having any, any outlets for questions. Um, you know, an outside counsel can be super valuable. Um, and we, NetDocuments is lucky to have fantastic outside counsel that have been with the company for a really long time and understand our service. Um, they understand our contracts, they understand our users, um, but it's not always efficient 
to run every question by your outside counsel. Also so expensive. The, I, I, and also expensive, right? Um, and and really, that's why why inside we, why we have lawyers in house, um, so we don't have to to incur that expense. So while I'm really excited to have uh, a colleague, um, I, the last two years have been super valuable for me, and learning to trust my judgment um, and and trust my own decisions. Um, which is something that we don't get a lot of in the law firm because, um, you know, you're constantly surrounded by lawyers. We do a lot of work on teams. And at the end of the day, there's, there's almost always somebody reviewing what, what you've done, um, whether it's senior lawyer or client. But, but in-house, things move fast, and, and your decisions have to keep pace with the pace of business. So while it, it's, it's scary at first to just... <laughs> I would make decisions about something where you feel like you're not an expert in. It's, it's a great learning experience for a legal tech company where we don't use a lot of tech. Right. You know, everything is very manual. Um, and so here I am a solo GC, like doing NDAs by hand. <laughs> I'm like, someone help me. Um, <laughs> So that I think that's where we will start with, with you know the challenges of building a legal team are also the the you know it's the best part and the worst part. Um, you don't have anything in place, so there was nobody to teach me how to do my job, and I started with the absolute basics, um, which were understanding the company and its history, its employees, services, customers. Um, and then, you know, now there was a steep learning curve, mind you. So, you know, last year and, and into 2020, um, my focus has really been how do we improve the company processes um, and, and build a legal team that can support this complex and fast-paced business. And I think the answer to a lot of that is, is technology and automation. Um, which obviously didn't exist when, when I started practicing law um, and, and is used differently in law firms than corporate legal departments. But it, it has value for both, right? I mean, I think there, there are lots of articles to be found on whether AI and uh, machine learning and automation will replace the lawyer um, in 20 years, and, and I don't think so, but I do think that they're going to be super valuable tools um, for in-house departments, particularly to to help us streamline our work processes and move at the pace of the business while focusing on, you know, the higher priority uh, legal items. So that's really interesting. So what I heard was you the approach that you've taken building you know, a, a, a legal department from the ground up at a company that's been around for two decades was, hey, we're going to start by learning as much about the business and the problems that, uh, that the business has that you can help with as possible until you get to the point where, A, it makes sense to expand the team, and then B, once you know enough about those problems, now is probably the right time to start injecting technology as a solution. Is that, is that accurate? 
that's accurate. Makes a lot of sense. Um, It's even something that uh, not in the legal tech uh, realm, but just technology in general at PackSafe, you know, we, we try to understand problems and define processes before we try to automate it with technology. And I think it's, it's super important to do that because otherwise you, you end up with technology that you don't really have a need for, you know? That's, yeah, that's right. And I think if you introduce it too soon or you introduce it to an unwilling audience, then you have the adoption problem, right? Where nobody, they don't see the need for it or if it's duplicative of something they already have, nobody has the, the will to learn it and nobody wants to spend the time figuring out um, how it can how it can help so it can really be more of a hindrance i think sometimes um when the audience isn't isn't ready for it um which again is is one of the reasons i'm really lucky right i had nothing um and so i have the i have the luxury of being able to pick what i want and and work it into my process exactly how i want it um now someone else might come along someday and and not like that process um but i think that's one of the benefits of, of legal tech as well, um, which is that the industry is, is growing and thriving and, and there are lots of options these days, right? So you can, for integrations, for um, different technologies, for different platforms. Um, so I think it's really, there are unique opportunities to kind of mix and match um, software applications these days. And, and I'm excited to, in 2020, start building that out for NetDoc. You know, your perspective is, is sort of unique in that, you know, you're general counsel in a legal tech company and you're just now beginning to evaluate what legal tech makes sense internally for your growing legal department. So it's a really interesting, you know, view of the legal tech world. You know, I'd, I'd be curious based on that unique perspective, kind of, where you see things headed. You already touched on that a little bit, but from a macro view, um, what do you see as next in the legal tech world? Oh, that's interesting. Well, a month ago, I think this would have been a much easier question to answer. Um, Where we sit today, which is locked up in our homes, um, I think it's changing by the minute. um, Very true. Really, but but, uh, I think macro view in terms of where things are headed for, for in-house counsel. I think companies are going to continue the trend of relying uh, on internal counsel to be the architects of the functions that, that drive economic value and commercial success for the businesses. At the same time, while demanding that we do it faster and cheaper and more efficiently and better, better, better. <laughs> so I think legal teams are going to increasingly be a critical part of the businesses. Um, we we serve and and more often cross that line between between being a business counselor and being a legal counselor, and and that that's a function that's really not that easy for outside counsel to replicate in a lot of situations because in-house counsel has such um, extensive and such unique exposure to to all departments of the company, and and I think given that um, that legal tech's influence in the market is only going to increase in, in coming years. To use a really basic example, I don't know a single lawyer in-house who would be sad to give up reviewing NDAs in favor of letting a software solution handle that burden, you know? 
So I think uh, automation and AI, um, that I think those kinds of technologies are going to be second nature to, to lawyers in the future. And I, I don't think it's a very distant future at this point. Um, and I, I think those applications and softwares are really going to allow us to focus on the more complex and the higher value work. But I don't think that they will replace us entirely. And you know, legal tech is an interesting space because I think, you know, there are so many integrations between applications. So like I said, I think there's a lot of opportunity to mix and match and, and users can pick the applications they they want to use. Uh, and that's a that's a huge part of that's a huge part of of making a a technology rollout successful, I think, that you give the user something they actually want and, and that makes their their lives easier um, and better, really. So one last question. How is um, quarantine and e-learning uh, treating you these days? It's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> we are having a... I can't wait to go back to work. I'll say that. Um, but I will also say I'm in the very lucky position that, that NetDocuments as a, as a pure staff company um, has made it really easy for me to work from home. It's the rest of the stuff that makes it hard, which is the kids and the dogs and, and you know, what's going on outside these four walls. But I think that I think this is an interesting opportunity. You know, I think that this COVID crisis is pushing all segments of the global economy toward innovation. And I, I think we've seen some really amazing innovation um, and improvisation and adaptation from, from workers all around the world during this, this time because we can't do our jobs as usual for the foreseeable future. Um, and I think technology and automation have been a big, big player in that. Um, there's a lot of talk at the moment about how this crisis you know, could change the way that we work forever and, and will be the advent of working from home as the new normal. And, and I think that remains to be seen, but I definitely think that a lot of people are seeing um, the benefits and the possibilities um, with, with technology and, and automation and how that can help us work more efficiently. Well said. I think you're right. Well, Liz, this has been great. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. It was a pleasure.